thank you for being on the podcast. Um, we'll go straight into it. How did you get into status quo? Um, I got into quo when I was um, about two or three, um, mainly because of my dad uh, being a fan since he was about 14. He sort stopped when they were just coming to an end around Mark Beast time, so basically sort of time. That's when he got and then he's passed that on to his brother, so we're both into Crona. Yeah, we've got some slight delay on the line, but we'll work our way through it. Um, can you tell our listenership, our viewership, how old you are? I'm uh, 22. You're 22 years old. So you are a Quo fan of a certain age. I'm 32, so I'm 10 years older than you. Um, what is it like at the age of 22, being a Quo fan, knowing there's all that history back there, and at times they're not the coolest band around. I think it's going back to that thing that, you know, they've said in interviews before that people perceive, you know, the stupid idea, you know, the free chord wonder thing, and, you know, now to play chords, which obviously is, you know, rubbish. But um, I think it's that thing that they've said before, that the fans they're loved by their fans they're very unpopular but they are popular with the fan base they've got and i i think it's one of those things people almost they're a bit ashamed to say that they like quo but i think they're hard a band especially you know when you see them live at like rocking all over the world or you know some of the classics i think it would be very hard for people to stand and say that you know they they haven't enjoyed themselves or I I think everybody who goes to a crow concert comes out with a smile on their face. I think so. Um so you are uh, as well as being a Quo fan, you're a singer, songwriter. I've been listening to some of your music. It's very, if I might say, heavily Quo influenced. Um but I would say actually if you look a little bit deeper, do you have kind of a, a thing for Francis Rossi's songwriting in particular? I I, I think so. probably yeah. I mean, it, I think everybody's how they write or how they you know when I create music, everybody's unique because it depends really all what your creative creativity comes, from, what you know you've heard from around you and not everybody's going to listen to the same kind of music as like in choir like like the eagles as well and different other bands as well i think it's a combination of them um, all coming together which makes a unique sound but uh, francis thing that i probably say yes that um you know i'm very influenced by uh rossi uh, by francis and i have had people comment that to me before i don't think it's it, when people fired by somebody i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing when people can hear that it shows that you're taking an interest in them and um that you 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 look up to them and you know i've, I've always been in awe of uh quo and i think that's probably why i wanted to start learning to play the guitar and make my music because I you know I thought when I was younger I thought I wanted to be like them up on stage playing music at, um, in front of people the, the 
saw Francis's mindset and the music he likes and the way he plays, I think is it's quite unique, which we know. And um, it's it's just something that I happen to like. I, I enjoy playing his kind of music and I share a lot of his values and um, something he likes listening to, like he likes Eagles and stuff as well. Um, and ELO and people like that. Yeah, well, as I say, there is definitely, I think there's definitely, as, as you point out, an, an influence there. And why not? You know, there is nothing wrong in that. Your album is called No Nonsense. You are playing pretty much every instrument on the album. Is that right? Yeah, I play. I, I have a bit of backing vocals from um, an old, a friend of mine. But apart from that, everything you hear on the album is me. Wow. I mean, that takes some, uh, you know, some doing. I mean, have you taken time to kind of learn each instrument? Because I can hear keyboards in there. There's guitar, you know, drums. I mean, that's a lot of dedication. Yeah, I I, I, I playing the guitar then all about, it was not long after Leon joins that I remember seeing them on the, the um when leon after he just joined and being i liked his style of play i thought he brought um a real new fresh um almost a bit his kit had a bit more sort of like a bit like uh pete kirsch had quite a bit of a bit behind it and um i i think that's why i decided that i wanted to sort of just play around playing drums. I mean, I've never had any lessons or anything. Um, it's just, it's just wanted to play and I wanted to make my music and learn as much as I can. I think that's just, it's that passion that sort of drives you to, to want to learn things. I mean, there's, could, there's a lot more different instruments I'd like to learn. And I, I don't think there's really any sort of boundaries in where you can go well no quo themselves have played all kinds of instruments other than the the main ones obviously there's a sitar on baby boy from rocking all over the world uh, just one example of how they've um, pushed those boundaries so let's let's go back to to quo for a moment you have been to quite a few gigs which was your first my first was uh it's New Theatre, 2006. I was uh, six at the time, uh, as by my parents, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was re- really good. I mean, that was something of a golden period live. Um, I saw them first time in 07. A wicked show, just really good. That would have been the Just Doing It tour, right? Yeah, that that was right. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, probably Just Doing It live is like you say it was a really good live period after rick just coming back and the dvd um has always been a favorite um just you know just a, a great live sound definitely and something that many tribute bands um build upon which is something i learned when i started doing this podcast i talked to tribute bands and they tell me oh um we watched the the just doing it dvd and we try and kind of model ourselves after that so it's definitely one of the uh, the best releases i think that they've done on dvd do you have a, a favorite album because obviously at the age of 22 the album that would have come out 
um, when you were born was uh, famous in the last century. Somewhere or or under the influence, depending on when your your birthday is. Um, But uh, do you have a favourite album? Um, Yeah, as as you said, it was. It it would have been. um, I think that same year, uh, under the influence, to just come out. um, Just before I was born, I was born in February. I've got both favourites, but I like all because they all have their own. Well, I mean, I've been a fan for quite a few years and i'm actually looking at it now because uh with the with my phone i've got it balanced with crowd and so i'm looking at them now and um uh, i'm thirsty work which people you know it's one of those that is i think it's a bit like marmite either love it or you hate it and i think the production and the set yes it is a little bit more polished but it's it's just it's still i think it stood the test of time and it the fact of with one of my other favorite albums being, or maybe my favorite album being in search of the fourth chord um just at the time it had a very fresh feel obviously pip williams being a great producer i think france said before that it had it had shading that had it had its darker moments but it's more brighter moments where you had like begin i don't want to hurt you anymore which is more quo but one of my favorite quo tracks of all time being pennsylvania blues tonight which is you know, quite different to what they've done before but like stuff like my favorite albums and um pile driver being up there um so you know i i could on a backbone i mean i i uh like a lot of the there's some great tracks on there i think you know are up there with some stuff that they've ever done probably say it would be in search of the fourth chord but i think there's for pretty much every album that it's all they've got something yeah i i think so did you um i apologize it cuts out slightly there but did you mention thirsty work at the beginning i did yes yeah that is one of my favorite albums tin hat firmly on there's something so musical about it they go places on that record that they haven't been before or since and i think it was rhino he said in the party ain't over yet documentary some amazing songs on there all great songs but all completely wrong for quo um pretty much i think that was i'm paraphrasing but that uh, is the gist isn't it we'll wind down a little bit here but um are you working on any new music are you planning on another album to follow no nonsense yeah um i, I i'm it's one of those things that um sort of for no nonsense material been sat around for a couple of years and originally when I was sort of planning the album and sort of trying to piece it together it started off as more of a deeper bluesy album and I I sort of was halfway through the idea and scrapped the idea because it just wasn't sitting right and um, then I did some more songwriting and it became apparent that it was more of a more to so I took ideas from the blues album and uh incorporated it into more of a harder rock album than it is uh, sort of a bit more quo influence but i am hoping to make some more music in the f- whereas like the thing we were saying about um firstly word that it's sort of a bit more that they branched out a bit more uh, i like 
with the thing with uh, France before about Andy Bound, you know, people, some people criticised um, and had a lot of complaints rocking all over the world. But I think you can only do the same thing for so long before people start thinking oh, it's, it's just a and it's it's just the same thing again i mean it's like with the acoustic album i mean I'm, I'm a big fan of the acoustic stuff i think it was obviously massively successful and it had great reviews because for the previous years it was okay crow's got a new album out um which obviously the fans get excited about but for the music uh press if you like when you when they hear crows doing the acoustic album people start to to you know take notice and i think that was almost a period where they sort of brought themselves back into the spotlight and uh for good reason as well i, I saw them probably one of the best shows i've seen them do actually um at the albert hall gig in 2017 down down and the atmosphere and i mean the venue alone is just incredible um, such a nice venue and that's definitely up there with one of the best credits I've been to uh, the atmosphere and just it was just amazing um, so yes so I'm, I'm hoping to broaden out my uh, musical genre that I saw something again the other day by the beat uh, a quote from John Lennon from the beat saying that uh, he said the Beatles never sort of stuck to one genre and we we, we were more than one genre. I think to restrict yourself, you're making it harder for yourself. And um, it's sometimes it's nice. You Sometimes you do it and you go, mm, I won't go there again. Or, you know, maybe that works. I can take it towards the future. It's sometimes you've, you've got to learn from your mistakes uh, musically. And then you go, okay, well, you know, maybe we'll try something different or I'll try something different. And I think that's kind of, you know, me doing it all myself um, as, as a solo musician. Um, maybe Francis feels that same way as well when uh, doing some of his solo music that, or even any solo art that's come from a band that they feel like that they can maybe do stuff that they wouldn't have done with even like Rhino is getting the same. It's, there's some stuff that he does that wouldn't, he wouldn't do with Quo, but he likes to do. So, you know, I think, music has no boundaries it can sort of go anywhere really definitely speaking of the the acoustic thing and and francis solo music he's doing an acoustic tour next year he's doing over 100 dates which is incredible and certainly what with his social media which is doing stuff i've never seen him do before a little bit more of a glimpse into uh, his actual life and and world uh, away from Quo. Are you going to any of those uh, acoustic gigs? Because you're you're in Guernsey. Are you planning on travelling anywhere to uh, to see it? Yeah, uh, I'm going to to uh, two next year. Um, I've been to I went to one. I've been to uh, a, a a date each on on the previous two uh, speaking tours which were, were great. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it um, with him being with Andy Brooks um, doing the, the acoustic thing. I'm interested to see what sort of songs he's going to play because it says that uh, it's some not before performed live uh, tracks. Um, so be interested to see because uh, Francis 
the, there's when when he's done his solo stuff, he's done probably not the stereotypical rocking all over the world, and he's sort of ventured out to you know more album tracks, which I'd like to see Crow do, like when. Uh, something like 20 Wild Horses. I, I was listening to that the other day and uh, reading the comments, um, people say, you know, great, great track, um, you know, good, good quo. And I, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's good to see. I, I do remember that he, Francis did the uh, One Step at a Time tour and he did the, um, he did do a lot of album tracks, including 20 Wild Horses, as you say, um, he has something of a fondness for that era. In fact, that that era of of Quo, which is just before you were born, was again another almost golden period, even if it wasn't commercially successful. I'm I'm interested to see where they go with that acoustic thing. What a show it is likely to be. Um, so your album, No Nonsense, is available on Spotify. Um, it's it's all over the place, isn't it? Yeah, so it's on, uh, you know, your usual streaming services. Um, I've got some videos on YouTube. Um, so there's also a track on there. Um, I think I did a, a while ago, which um my signature track now. It's called My Little Rare Sunshine. I released it back in 2019. I sort of, even the, the title, I sort, I'm sort of a bit like, you know, oh, it sounds a bit, bit. I don't know, weeby. Um, but whenever I play it live or, you know, it's one of those that people, you know, sort of come up singing it to me and um, it's become sort of my signature track now. Um, again, then it's very Rossi um, influenced, sort of, you know, any Quo fans, lot uh, sort of like Rossi stuff and that sort of style thing, then uh, they should go and check it out. But yeah, I'm on... Uh, over the streaming services i've got my social media pages and it's on youtube well i do wish you all the best with it it's a great album i recommend people go and check it out um and your name is dan ashplant just to know so that's a s h p l a n t have i pronounced that correctly you have pronounced that correctly you're probably one of the only people to uh, some of the <laughs> As over the years is quite comical but um so uh well done <laughs> <laughs> thank you um and thanks dan for being on the podcast today not a problem um anytime and uh i could see it for hours and talk about cryo and uh, never get bored of it so uh, no thank you for having me mm-hmm.